What's up, everybody? This is the Knicks Nation podcast. This is episode number four. I'm here joined with my co-host, Chris. We are recording this after the New York Knicks lost to the Los Angeles Clippers. So, Chris, first and foremost, what is up? What is going on? Not much, not much. Uh, you know, uh, tough loss to the Clippers, like you just mentioned. Overall, feeling pretty good, pretty good. Just uh, wishing Jalen Brunson a healthy return as <laughs> soon as possible. That is for sure. So the New York Knicks won an amazing game versus Boston Celtics. Feels like an eternity ago, but it was one week ago. And Emmanuel quickly had the game of his life. Then the New York Knicks were coming home to the Charlotte Hornets. And then, you know, I said it coming into the game. Many Knicks fans said it. This feels like a little trap game, Chris. A little trappy. Feels a little trappy. And boy, was it a trap game. Everyone was off. The Charlotte Hornets came into the Garden, handed the Knicks a loss in Madison Square Garden, which stunk because the Knicks, Chris, have been playing well in Madison Square Garden. So to lose to the Charlotte Hornets, especially in Madison Square Garden, that's a no-go. That's a no-go. What were your thoughts about that, man? Uh, well, you said it. You nailed it. I mean trap game 100%. I mean, I I think I would have been more shocked if the Knicks came out there and just blew out the Hornets, but you know, again, the Knicks came out, you could tell they didn't have it. They didn't have the same energy. And you know, after that Boston game, that thriller of a game, you probably could expect that, you know. But hey, you know, the Knicks did battle throughout that game. I know it's it sucks they lost and and kind of started this um series of losses, but they did fight. They had their chances to win it and they just had tired legs. They couldn't get get over the hump. Yeah, I mean, I use that as an excuse after the Charlotte game, tired legs. We we heard it from everybody pretty much. Julius Randle looks looked looked absolutely spent. Emmanuel quickly looked absolutely spent and look it was, you know, warranted. You know, guys were playing 50-plus minutes versus the Boston Celtics. But this is the NBA at the end of the day. You have to play who's on your schedule. The NBA gods are not always going to be on your side. So, you know, New York Knicks lost to the Charlotte Hornets. They lost to the Charlotte Hornets at home. And we all thought, hey, you can't win them all, right, Chris? You can't win them all. You know, we were about to, on the verge of winning 10 straight games. On the verge of winning 10 straight. Right I was going to lose. Close. Right there, man. I was going to come on one of the streams and hold my 10 fingers up. Like, oh, <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I was going to do it. But, you know, the Knicks gave me, you know, they had other thoughts. So, you know, we lose that game in Chris. Um, Jalen Brunson, no Jalen Brunson in that game, too. Let's remember that. Jalen Brunson yeah. was out in that game. Um, he was out versus the Boston Celtics. But um, he's dealing with a sore left foot. And then the New York Knicks head on a West Coast trip, and they, they have now lost – two straight on their West Coast trip against the Sacramento Kings and against the Los Angeles Clippers. We knew the Sacramento Kings game, Chris, was going to be a tough role, tough, tough, tough place to play, number one. Kings in the West, man. They're just taking care of business out there in the West. They just keep on winning and keep on. They got a nice little young core over there. Yeah, I mean, if you actually look at the Kings, they're kind of having a similar season in the way that uh, you could say the Knicks are. Yeah. You know, two teams that everybody counted out and bam, you know, here's the Kings second in the West and, you know, the Knicks at the time. Second? Fifth. Wow. Yeah, second in the West. But, you know, pump pump that. If they were in the East, they'd be in the sixth spot. <laughs> Which is so, so crazy to me. It is. I've never, I can't remember the last time that I've, like, it's been flip-flop. Like, like, like the West has always dominated when yeah. it came, came to the records. And it's just flipped. It's weird to see. And of course, it has to be, you know, the season the Knicks are actually good. We have a bunch of competition in our, you know, 
conference, but right. <laughs> so, so be it, right? We yeah. don't want it. We don't want it easy. <laughs> Never. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the same manner that uh, you know, the Knicks are having a good season, and not many people thought we would. Here are the Kings. You know, nobody thought this team was going to do much, but you know, credit to them. They've had, they're having a great season. They might suck defensively, but offensively, they're 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 in top of the league. I mean. And we saw it against the Knicks, you know? They just ran up and down that court, scored at will. De'Aaron Fox and, was amazing. I mean, he was balling yeah. out the whole game. <laughs> that guy, man. Like, that was, yeah, he's amazing. I think he dropped 26, and that's light for him, you know? Yeah. But, um, again, Knicks had a chance, you know, late in that game to, to, we came to steal back. it. We came back yeah. during that game. Came back, and um, Brunson actually played. I think he played uh, 19 minutes that game. 19 first half points on one foot. Jalen Brunson, Warrior. Salute to Jalen Brunson. <laughs> and unfortunately, left the yeah. game with, again, you know, they didn't come back out for the second half, which is unfortunate. And who knows if he was on the court, maybe we're talking about a win there. But, you yeah. know, Jalen Brunson didn't return, and the Kings unfortunately closed that game out. And, you know, everyone was, the Knicks couldn't hit the side of a, they couldn't hit a side of a barn, man. They were missing everything. Emmanuel quickly was like a 0-4. He finally hit a three late in the game. But the Knicks were, you know, off all night. They were off. Couldn't hit anything. And But, hey, we still had opportunities there at the end, Chris. But couldn't come out on top. And then this recent game, rest of Clippers, was not what you want to see. Um, you know, now it's a three-game losing streak. We got the Lakers coming up here. Um, probably when you're listening to this podcast, you probably know the result of that game. Or, you know, whether you're listening to this next week or during the week. So, right now, the New York Knicks are on a three-game losing streak. Back-to-back game versus the Lakers. And, Chris, tonight, again, multiple opportunities there in the end, but just couldn't hit shots. And, you know, the thing that frustrated me the most about this game, I talked about it on the stream, was that we saw an outburst again from Julius Randle. We haven't seen one of these outbursts in a while from Randle. Randall was frustrated all night long, and Julius Randall simply, if you saw the footage, Tom Thibodeau was bear-hugging him, then he was pushing the players and, you know, getting after it, um, getting into it with Evan Fournier, then Derrick Rose tried to calm him down, and then finally Johnny Bryant um, calmed it down in the end. But he was also arguing with one of the video guys, I think, Chris, same guy that he argued with last year. Like, I don't know what he has against this guy. Like, what has this guy done to him? Like, I don't know, man. Should we investigate this? Like, what is going on between him and Randall? I would like to. It could be a case where this guy, you know, he's like, yo, Randall, you think you're tough, man? I still tell it to you straight. <laughs> Jeez, Luis. Yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty sure he was telling Randall something like, yo, you have to box out or something. Like, I don't know. Randall did not like it. And th- these two got history. So I don't, I don't know what it is. But hey, it'll be know. nice to get the inside track on that. Yeah, it would be. But Chris, three straight losses now, and I guess where I'm going with this is that Jalen Brunson, please come back soon. We miss you, Jalen Brunson. I mean, yeah. I also want him to get healthy at the same time, Chris, but now we see what the New York Knicks, it's basically the team last year, but a little better, but you're seeing what Jalen Brunson means to this team, and yeah, I mean, we just need him back, and hopefully he can get his foot right. Hopefully it's just like a bruise, like they've been saying, um, just in case you haven't known, Brunson took an x-ray and it came back negative. So, you know, they're saying it. They're calling it a bruise. I'm hoping it's just a bruise. I'm hoping it's just like a sore foot because I, I, every time you think of a, a sore foot, Chris, it kind of gives me some pause, right? Yeah, I mean, usually you think of a big man or something like that, but then, you know, you start like, oh, are they hiding but, something? You but know, the way Brunson it? plays, the way he stops, twists yeah. his body, 
he pivots off that foot a lot. And he it's important. puts pressure on that foot a lot. So I mean, to any basketball player, your your foot's gonna be important. But yeah. in this case, like you say, Jalen Brunson, he's you know, all those pivots, all those little crafty moves he does, that's all predicated on him stopping on a dime and you know, you hope that it is what it is. You know, you hope that, you know, think that the x-rays are negative, that he's feeling better, like Tip said. And it's nothing more than that. And some rest is going to get him back on the court as close to 100% as possible. Yeah. But part of me gets me scared that, you know, what if he has some sort of hairline fracture or something like that? You know, it'll oh. be a big suit to lose. Uh, <laughs> yeah, let's probably should that. Let's, let's not put that juju in here. <laughs> we don't want that. They they took X rays that said it was negative. That's it. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna trust the, trust I'm and trust believe. It. I'm gonna trust. It. I'm gonna trust it. <laughs> but we definitely need him back. I mean, it, it shows now. You know, you see how teams are playing Randall. They're loading up on him, forcing him to pass, give up the ball, and you know, it's almost similar to the to playoff series with with Atlanta. They did a lot of the same things that teams are doing to him now, doubling quickly. You know, just trying to get him to either turn the ball over or turn his back, which is one thing I've been noticing. Once he turns his back, they're running over to Randall. Yeah, and they're he stripping the ball. ball over. Yeah. yeah. Or, you know, the offense just gets stagnant to a point where nothing happens until, like, three seconds in the in the shot clock and then just chucking something up. Yeah. And you saw that against the Clippers t- uh, tonight, too. I guess the Kings, so. too. We I mean. Yeah. Yeah. The Hornets game started it, right? I mean, he didn't look right. The heavy legs, I get it. Randall, look, Randall has not missed a game all season long. Like, I think he leads the league in games played. Like, he hasn't missed a game. He's one of the few NBA players to do that, if not the NBA player to do that, right, Chris? Playing all these minutes, too. I mean, Boston game, he played 50 minutes. He's playing. Maybe everything's starting to catch up to him. And then when you combine that with the Jalen Brunson injury, frustration, he's getting frustrated with the refs. We even saw an elbow from him um, yeah. against the Clippers tonight versus Mason Plumley, which is just not okay, not ideal. It's just, you know, it's just giving me the, the, I don't know, man. It's giving me the flashbacks, and I don't like to see, I don't like what I'm seeing right now, and I'm hoping he can turn the corner because I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like what I'm seeing right now. I, I didn't like it at all. It completely turned me off to the game. I mean, the Knicks had the lead at that point when, when he threw that elbow. and Yeah. When it happened, the whole momentum just shifted. You know, the Clippers got the momentum. They took the lead off of the the free throws they got off of the basically attack, and uh, and on top of that, they had the possession of the ball in, in the next quarter. You know, in the fourth. So yeah, it was a big swing, and you know, more reason why we want Jalen Brunson to come back because he'll be the guy to go up to Randall and be like, "Hey, calm it down. Calm we got down, this." Bro. And go from there. But get well, JB. We need you. We need you for sure. Julius Randle's comments after the Clippers lost. Clippers lost. He said, not thrilled with the officiating today. Asked what was un- what was what was he unhappy with? He said, all you got to do is watch the game. When asked about the refs having no a no blood, no foul approach, he said, oh, there was effing blood. So <laughs> clearly frustrated, Julius Randle. Those were his comments after the New York Knicks lost to the Los Angeles Clippers. And I proposed a question on Twitter, Chris. I said, are we concerned? Are we concerned? Nine-game winning streak quickly turned into a three-game losing streak. And Chris, during the eight-game winning streak early on in the season, the Knicks followed that by losing five straight games. We do not want to see history repeat itself. We do not want to see the New York Knicks lose five in a row. That would put them with losses against the Lakers, 
and against the Portland Trailblazers. Now, I'm not wishing that, but I'm just saying, you know, everything was all gravy about a week ago. We were talking about the Eastern Conference Finals, Chris. We were talking about how far can this team go. We were talking about what can this team achieve. We were getting too ahead of ourselves. I understand that, but Chris, we do not want to see them fall back in this losing realm. And, you know, three straight now, I proposed a question on Twitter. Like I said, are we concerned? Most of the comments are, no, we're not concerned, right? Nine game, we're still nine games above 500. We're missing our best player. You know, we have guys that are, you know, Julius Randle's not playing well right now. RJ Barrett is, you know, he, he had a good game versus the Hornets, even though he was inefficient. And then, you know, RJ Barrett is like kind of up and down. So are we concerned, Chris? I want to, I'm not really concerned about the losses. I mean, you don't want to go on another, you know, five game losing streak after getting, you know, nine, a nine game win streak, um, obviously. But, um, I think my most important thing right now is you got to get Jalen Brunson healthy. I know that might come at the cost of some more losses, especially considering the the teams that we're playing. I know we have the Lakers coming up next, which is, you know, they've been playing really good regardless. Yep. Uh, regardless that LeBron is just not even playing at the moment, but they've, they've been playing really good. And um, it's not going to be easy, but I can't say I'm too worried. I mean, I think ultimately the Knicks will end up either the sixth or the fifth spot no matter what. But that all depends on if Jalen Brunson is healthy. Because if he's not, then I could see this going bad for us, you know, possibly ending up like in the play-in or something. Who knows? But, you know, let's hope that that's not the case and um, yeah. Jalen Brunson comes back. I mean, what what are you, what are your thoughts? I fall into the same boat as you. You know, not concerned. Nine games over 500. You were playing extremely well. You beat a great Boston team in Boston. I know Boston was missing some people, but hey, we were missing Jalen Brunson. So I'm not concerned. But if you were to ask me that before the Julius Randle outburst, I would have said, you know, no, no, I'm not concerned at all. You know, I mean, teams go through this all the time, right? Teams go through these ups and downs throughout the season this is what the nba is about up down up down you sustain these winning streak losing streaks but i don't know man it was something about that outburst from randall that just got me so upset and i was just like it just brought me in a bad place like it brought all these memories back from last season and it just you know it didn't resonate well with me and i'm hoping that he can you know just grow on that and just not do that ever again I mean, he should be apologizing to the coaches and the players right now. And I get it. Look, the players know Randall, he has a he has a temper. It's clear that he has a temper, right, Chris? Um, yeah. But, yeah, I'm not – I mean, like I said, I'm not concerned, but I did not like to see that Randall situation at all. <laughs> no, I mean, you'd, you'd want him to, like, you know, at the least maybe try to channel that and, and, and bring it on the court, you know, take, take your frustrations out on the court. I'm not saying go clothesline somebody, but, you know, Give some more effort out there, yeah. You know, just uh, do something like that. Not necessarily go after your teammates and you know push your your coaches and whatnot. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, I get it. It's like a flash from the past, Randall. You know, once once they get into yeah. his head, he just loses it. And we just gotta hope it doesn't carry on to the next game. And if it does, again, hopefully he uses it on the court and not to take himself out of a game. You know. 
because yeah. we're gonna need him. You know, without with with Jalen trying to get healthy, Randall needs to step it up. We need to see some of these uh, All Star Randall performances we were getting used to seeing on a you know consistent basis. Yeah. Oh, we do need him for sure. So yeah, Knicks have lost three straight now. They're playing the Lakers, and they play at Portland, which should be a good game. Return of Josh Hart in Portland and Cam Reddish against the New York Knicks. Obviously, he had some comments to say that we'll get into a little bit later. Um, Chris, you saw those comments, right? Yeah, very interesting. <laughs> very interesting <laughs> comments about the New York Knicks and his tenure here. But yeah, Chris, um, so let's just say the New York Knicks hold Jalen Brunson out. They held him out tonight. You know, let's just say they hold him out against the Lakers they hold him out against the last game of the West Coast trip against the Portland Trailblazers. Then the New York Knicks have a gift from the NBA. They have three days off. So in between the Portland and Denver game, they come home to Denver March 18th. They have three days off. If Jalen Brunson gets held out versus the Lakers and versus Portland, that would essentially give him eight days off to rest that foot. In my opinion, if I was you know working in the Knicks, I would be like, hey, just sit out these next two games and we have the luxury of having these three game, three days off, which doesn't come, you know, often in the NBA, um, which is crazy. So we just come back against the Nuggets and, you know, get it going. Afternoon affair against the Nuggets and, you know, Chris, what would you do? I mean, that that gives them eight days off, and I would I would do it. You know, I, it depends on, you know, the standings as well because things are getting tricky here. But Brooklyn just passed us. You know, now they're in the fifth seed, so. What would you? What are your thoughts about that? I can't say I'm too worried um, as far as Brooklyn goes because they also have a very tough schedule um, as well. Um, but I do worry a little bit about the Heat, especially if they start, you know, winning some games here and, and two games left. Losing. I guess Miami Heat yeah. too. Those are those are going to be huge. But um, in my opinion, yeah, hundred percent, I agree. You sit Brunson. I mean, you can't risk him coming into a game again and, and either getting hurt even more or just, you know, re-aggravating the injury because then that's just going to be more more games he's going to miss down the line. You know, we need him ready and, and healthy to go come playoff time, especially if we're trying to make, a, you know, a run. So um, in my opinion, you got to rest him. Just eight days of rest sounds amazing. So... <laughs> I, that's yeah. the route I would take. I mean, it's 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 a no brainer to me. Yeah, it just gives you like, did they really have to push him versus the Kings game? I mean, we knew that he was going to come back during that game. It's just, you know, if he had that that off, it just could have been a lot more. But hey, you know, he wants to play, and you know, we need him. It's clear. One thing is clear is that we definitely need Jalen Brunson. So, you know, it's going to be interesting if the Knicks hold him out here until the Denver game. Um, and really get his foot 100%. I don't want him coming back and, oh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right, 80%, 70%. I mean, you're never really 100%. We're never really 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like, nobody's yeah. ever 100%. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's what I keep stressing. You got to get him as close to 100% as possible because let's, let's be honest, nobody in the NBA, you know, unless you're just sitting on the bench every single night, <laughs> nobody is healthy right now everybody's tired everybody has some kind of ailment going on i mean you know it happens to all teams but you know in this case jalen brunson's such a big part of this team you gotta get him as healthy as possible he's too important not to have him on the floor yeah way too important all right so like we stated earlier we're gonna get into some cam reddish comments so cam reddish one of the reporters got a hold of him and Cam Reddish had some very interesting comments to say 
about the New York Knicks. I'm probably going to, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to put it on the screen. If you're listening to Spotify or wherever you're listening to us on your podcast, really appreciate it, by the way. Um, I'll read it to you. So he said, quote, it was tough, but at the same time, it ain't even about basketball. Then he said it had nothing to do with basketball. It was all the politics, all the favoritism, shit like that. That's why I wasn't too worried about it. End quote. Then he goes on to say, I can shoot a shot. And in New York, I feel like I had to make it. I know I'm not the only person that felt like that. I was putting too much pressure on myself. Now I can relax and play my game. You're going to see it. The more I'm on the court, the more I'm going to grow and play. I'm happy. End quote. First reaction, Chris. Well, my first reaction is that he clearly was asking for a trade in all those reports where he kept saying he wasn't because he just said it. He's happy now, and he obviously wasn't happy then. And I mean, I get it, you know. We, we've said this. I mean, everybody said this across the league. I mean, New York is a tough place to play it's one of the heaviest it is the heaviest jersey to wear yes and it sounds to me like cam reddish felt that but where i will uh you know kind of where i kind of i'm kind of sad is the fact that you know there were some politics going on and cam reddish felt like you know there were some favorites which you know we've seen it at times we've we've even said it ourselves like you know Hey, you should bench this guy. You should bench that guy. Why is he still playing? You know, and it looks like, you know, Cam was odd man out for reasons outside of just basketball, which is a shame because, again, we'll go back to what Tib said, saying, you know, this is a merit based uh, team. Like he said, if you play well, you will get on the court. If you practice well, you will get on the court. And Cam Reddish for some time there, he was playing well for us, well defensively and gave us offense. And then out of nowhere gone to the bench until he was no longer a nick so i mean i I feel for reddish you know i'm still rooting for him i i think he's gonna be a solid player if he's given the chance which it looks like he's gonna get in in portland now but kind of sucks you know kind of sucks it seems like if you're not a tips guy you you kind of it's a tough battle to even crack a rotation here yeah and it's just my thoughts on the whole situation is you know, one, there were reports when the Knicks traded for Cam Reddish that Tom Thibodeau wasn't on board to to start with. So, you know, during his tenure year, he would play well and get hurt. He was inconsistent, very inconsistent. Um, he was up and down. He would even admit that. But this year, I would sort of I would sort of agree with Cam here. I mean, you know, his comment that he says, I feel like I had to make it like I feel like he had to make the shot. I know I'm not the only person that felt that. So mm-hmm. who is he referring to in, in that in that regard? <laughs> it has to be Obi, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you want to read in between the lines, it's you know, you can put Obi Toppin in that conversation. And, you know, I was putting too much pressure on myself. Now I can relax and play my game. You're going to see it. The more I'm on the court, the more I'm happy. The more I'm going to grow and play, I'm happy. He ends it by saying, I'm happy. Good for him. I'm I'm happy that Cam Reddish is happy. But, yeah, we've seen it with Tom Thibodeau. He plays favorites. He talked about merit base. But during the beginning of the season, like, we were questioning, right? Like, oh, why isn't Cam playing? Yeah, it just didn't make sense. It was was clear, you know, 
some games where we could have used somebody like Cam Reddish, whether it was him driving to the paint, which, you know, it seemed like he could do better than RJ at the time. And uh, even for the stretching the floor, you know, there was just times where we could have used that. And for whatever reason, Tibbs just did not want him on the floor. But, yeah, and then he goes into saying it was it wasn't all it wasn't basketball, it was all politics and favoritism yeah. and you know, that just means that there's probably something that happened behind the scenes um with Cam Reddish and Tom Thibodeau that we do not know and we'll probably never know. But, you know, if it was about basketball, I mean, you know, you had some other fan base calling for Cam Reddish and he got his opportunity early in the season and he played well. You know, we all remember the game tying shot versus Memphis Grizzlies opening night. We were like, wow, this is the Cam Reddish show. Play him alongside of RJ Barrett. He's playing really well. But, you know, it just didn't work out. Something had to happen, Chris. I mean, a situation had to happen between him and Thibs behind closed doors. And look, you know, this happens a lot around the league. It just thinks that it's with, you know, us. But, you know, I would, I would, you know, preach to Knicks fans that, like, it's time to move on. You know, right with the Donovan Mitchell stuff, like it's time to move on. Cam Reddish was, you know, his time here was okay. Now we have Josh Hart in return of him who's playing out of his mind. And But, hey, Cam Reddish, hope you're happy in Portland. But these comments did raise an eyebrow to me, yeah. when, especially when he said, I'm not the only one, <laughs> I'm not the only one who feels this way. You know, you, yeah. can, you can guess as to who he's talking about there. I mean – I know RJ has been in the lineup, but you got to remember that's one of RJ's, uh, you know, close friends from the Duke days. You know, yeah. it was it was British, uh, Zion and RJ. So I think that's what shocked me the most, in my opinion. And when Reddish didn't get as much of an opportunity as I thought he would, considering that connection there. I mean, I thought that'd be a, a great connection just to like pair them to those two together, so they could push each other. It's but. It seems like the Knicks as an organization made a decision that we drafted Quentin Grimes, we're going to play Quentin Grimes, and yeah. Cam Reddish is not in our future. We're not going to re-sign him this summer. So what is the point of playing Cam Reddish right now? We like what Grimes is giving us. Maybe something happened that kind of solidified their decision behind the scenes that we don't that we're not talking about or we do, we just simply don't know. But it just seems like they made their decision with Quentin Grimes. And once they went yeah. to Grimes in that starting lineup, he hasn't he hasn't left. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And I mean, I think there was also an article about Reddish and something happening where he, he said something during a practice. I forget exactly what it was, but I think that's around the time when Reddish all of a sudden, you know, started seeing the bench. So definitely, I think 100% that he rubbed Tom Thibodeau the wrong way or somebody on the coaching staff. And uh, Tibbs got, you know, wind of it, and that was it. You know, Tibbs was yeah. like, "All right, you're." Yeah, that's where the favoritism and whatever. But hey, hopefully, you know, we can all move on. We can get past it. But some interesting comments there from Cam Reddish, and you know, hey, basketball is the NBA, man. You can't go a day in the NBA without some drama, right, Chris? <laughs> I mean, yeah. we're look we're looking at the dream on green stuff with with Dylan Brooks. I'm going back and forth on the court. The NBA is just filled with drama. The John Moran stuff, holding up guns in nightclubs and <laughs> holding up guns in nightclubs during an away game. This is the 2023 NBA. <laughs> oh, my god! And let me add timely comments at that, because right after this Laker game, you know, who are we playing? 
Portland Trailblazers. So we'll be seeing Cam Reddish very Very soon. timely comments. Yeah, Ho- good point. Hopefully, hopefully Reddish, you know, does not have some crazy 30-point game against us. But Imagine <laughs> he drops, like, a spot. <laughs> He's going to drop 50 and just go stare at Tibbs. Every, every shot, he just... <laughs> I can, I can see Tom it. Thibodeau. <laughs> nah, but I hope Cam Reddish does really well in Portland. And hopefully, you know, the Knicks can overcome this losing streak that we're currently having right now. But yeah, yeah man. All right, Chris. Now we're going to try something new. So we're going to introduce a new segment on the podcast called Let's Get Nerdy. What we're going to do is read to you guys all the nerd stats, all the stats that you have, all the stats that you see as you see chris is putting on if you can't if you're not watching on youtube chris has put on his his glasses we're gonna get in the grind right now we're gonna read to you guys all the stats all the analytics stuff all the you know just stats that you see on twitter and you do not know what they mean and you're just like what but hey we're gonna break it down for you so chris we're going to start by free throw percentage in the nba what would you guess where would you guess the New York Knicks are in the NBA in terms of free throw percentage? 20th. Wow, pretty close. <laughs> They're 22nd. Ooh, They're 22nd in the NBA in free throw percentage at 76%. They're shooting 76% as a team. Chris, I mean, every game, it's just nauseating at this point, the free throw shooting. I mean, I mean, there's there's been games where the Knicks literally, if they hit five or more free throws you know there's been plenty of games where the knicks would have won if they just hit their free throws i mean yeah i I don't even want to think about it (laughs) (laughs) all right now we're going to go into shooting percentage nba team shooting percentage the new york knicks are 24th in the nba at they're shooting 46 percent from the field the back nine of the nba chris so they're a low free throw percentage shooting team they're a low shooting percentage to shooting team and it's just amazing to see that the new york knicks are nine games over 500 and they're not you know, even shooting the ball well. So now let me go to the three-point percentage. If you were to guess, Chris, where the Knicks were <laughs> in terms of shooting the three-point shot in the NBA, give me a guess. 28th. No, close, though. They're 22nd. <laughs> so, you know, they're hovering around the... Yeah, they're above 20. Three. They're 22nd in the NBA in shooting the three-point shot at 35%. Wow. They've come a long way. Yep. The Philadelphia 76ers are number one. Just to give you reference to shooting 38% from three. That is incredible. That's a big turnaround for the Knicks, though. I mean, early on, that was they were they were firmly in the 28th, 20, 27th 20, uh, spot. Yeah. Yep, yep. I think they're right with the Lakers, who were one of the worst three-point shooting teams as well at the time. Yep. Okay, now let's go into some rebounding, Chris. The New York Knicks strength. The New York Knicks are currently number six in the NBA in terms of defensive rebounding. Per game they're in front of they're, they're number six in the nba offensive rebounding chris i would let you guess where do new york where do you think the new york knicks rank in terms of offensive reboundings per game fourth the new york knicks are second in the nba in offensive rebounding i didn't want to go too high <laughs> yeah man they're great rebounding. i should have Yes, because of Josh Hart now. I mean, he's 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 a monster on those boards, too. Their last three games, they're number one in the NBA in offensive rebounding. So, you know, wow. the game versus Sacramento Kings, they were <laughs> getting every offensive rebound during that game. But, yeah, they're second in the NBA, and that's been a huge factor as 
to why they're nine games over 500, why they've been playing so well. It has been their rebounding. Blocks per game, the New York Knicks are 24th in the NBA. Now we're going to go to NBA team assists per game. What do you got, Chris? Where do you think the Knicks rank in the NBA in terms of assists per game? This is going to shock a lot of people out there. 18th. The New York Knicks are dead last in the NBA. With 22.4 assists per game. So they don't shoot the ball well. They don't shoot free throws well. Assists per game, they're dead last in the NBA. It just shows you how well they've overcome all of that this season. It just shows you the offensive rebounding, the second chance opportunities, second chance points. It just shows the the crazy season that we've had, the roller coaster ride where this season looked like it was going nowhere. Then out of the out of the blue, we started figuring it out little by little, and we're at where we're at now. Granted, three game losing streak, but you know we're in every single game, whether it's a bad start by us or or not. I mean, that's that's a hell of a stat there. Yeah. What's also interesting is NBA team turnovers per game. The New York Knicks are fourth in the NBA. They don't turn the ball over, Chris, and they grab offensive rebounds. They get second chance opportunities. They run the fast break well. So, you know, despite the low shooting percentage numbers, the low shooting percentage numbers from three, the free throw percentage, the assist percentage, the assist ratio, you know, we're still winning. We're still winning these games, right? Except these. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think those stats pretty much nail it. This team is just scrappy. They claw for everything. They, they, they'll just battle to the end type of team. And. And the stats prove it. I mean, we might not be the most efficient or the best scoring team out there, but one way or another, we get it done. And yeah. it's a testament to the hard work these guys are putting in. So those were some of the analytic stats, the stats that you know you often don't see. And new segment um, about the New York Knicks stats and analytics behind the scenes. So on Twitter, I asked a question. I said, recording podcast, give us some questions slash concerns that you may have. And Chris, we got some, we got some questions here. We have a concern. Number one from Jacob, from <laughs> at Jacob, two eight three eight five seven three nine three nine. He says this team sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that was his concern. Appreciate your comment, Jacob. Appreciate your concern. That's a, that's a big concern. I mean, um. <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> Wait, we have another concern at CV171210. He says, the Knicks will miss the play-in now. Okay. So we have the Knicks suck. <laughs> the, Knicks will make, the, the Knicks will miss the play-in tournament. So we which, have those. Which two. game did these come uh, after? <laughs> <laughs> this came after the Clipper game. So okay. that's typical Knicks, right? You know, yeah. when we lose, it's it's the end of the world. <laughs> Somebody we have another one from Tom Choi who says, When do you sit your star when he is not doing well? Mm-hmm. Well, you see, Tom, that just doesn't happen. Um Tom Thibodeau just doesn't do that. Um he has never done that. Um look, when you have star players, you play them, right, Chris? Yep. I mean, if there was a time to sit Randall, it would have been this game. Yeah, with it would have been tonight. With all of that, pushing everybody, including Tibbs. If he's not sitting him, if he didn't sit him during this Clipper game, he's not going to sit him ever. So, I mean, on on any other team, I mean, he'd be on the bench. 
No questions asked. I, I have no doubt. But on this Knicks team, you know, Tibbs rides and dies with his guys, and Randall is his guy. So <laughs> it is what it is. Yeah. And look, Randall has had a great season. It's just you know the game versus the Clippers, the outburst. It was just an unfortunate circumstance, and we do not want to see that. Right? Never again, please. <laughs> this one, this one, this next one is from at CSWC Andy. Where are the Knicks getting their superstar? <laughs> so you know, um, these questions are you know they're they're okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll be I'll be honest. I, I was telling you through throughout the Clipper game. I really like Paul George. I mean, I know he's not you know the the player he once was, and you know maybe it's masked masked a bit because he's playing behind a Kawhi Leonard type or, and all that, but. I would love to see Paul George on the Knicks. Yeah. And good. I think that might be a possibility, you know. I know I know they're 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 feeling pressure there with when it comes to the Clippers, you know, they might blow it up if they don't make a deep run again. Yeah. So, you know, it's possible we can get somebody like a PG and I think he'll fit in nicely. I mean, there's not that many options out there at least right now, but I think Paul George will be one to uh kind of like keep your eyes out for. Yeah. Totally. Um, yeah. Um, I think to answer your question, Chris just, you know, laid it out nicely there. He likes Paul George. I do think this is the summer where the Knicks get somebody, but we'll leave that to the summer. <laughs> I do think this <laughs> let's is see, it. Let's see who becomes available, right? Yeah. I do think this is where they strike. They trade some guys, they trade some picks, they build off this season and they get, they get somebody. Uh, I do think that's a possibility. But Chris, episode four of the Knicks Nation pod. This has been fun, like always, man. Yeah, I love it. I love doing it. <laughs> love it indeed. Appreciate you guys watching on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up button. Subscribe to the channel if you're on Apple, Spotify. Appreciate you guys as well over there. Make sure you guys leave a review on Apple and Spotify. It really helps out the channel. Really helps us out in the algorithm so we can keep providing you great Knicks content every single week hopefully the new york knicks can turn this around and i'm anthony that is chris this has been episode four we are closing this one out have a good night and as always chris it is let's go knicks let's go knicks <laughs> peace